0: Thank you.
1: wonder if I'm ever going to show up. It's eight minutes after the hour. Um, Craig, Rainbow Radio here. Yes, I am here. It is Fourth of July weekend. And uh, boy, it's been a busy week. It, I, I swear, every week has been a busy week lately. But I'm here and uh, uh, ready to catch up on the news and uh, on everything that's important here in the uh, LGBTQ world with Rainbow Radio KXFM 104.7 here in Laguna Beach. First of all, you know, the most important thing, as I always say, is the weather. The 10-day weather forecast, partly cloudy today. High 70 winds southwest five miles per hour. The all-important uh, component in the weather is the humidity at 74%. Yes. So we will stay hydrated and look beautiful for the for today. Um, it's going to be 72, or 62 degrees tonight. And the all-important thing is what's going to happen this week? Well, let's take a look. It's going to be partly cloudy through Thursday, all week long, partly cloudy, which usually means it's typical. It's not June anymore. It is what? It's July. <laughs> it is actually the second day of July, right? Yeah, July 2, and which means we're coming up on the 4th pretty quick. Um, a friend of mine said, what are you doing for the 4th? I said, well, I'm, I'm opening a can of tuna and have a little tuna sandwich. <laughs> he says well congratulations he says i'm going to i'm going to make a hamburger uh i i have no plans which is fine with me i got a lot of things caught up and i'm just going to relax and enjoy the 4th i i have after watching um what's been going on in w- washington dc i'm just going to celebrate that democracy I, I think is still engaged in the united states uh, it's had a rough road and it's and it's still struggling but it's still engaged, I feel, and uh, still, still alive, and we hope it stays alive for another 200 years, uh, at least. Um, and therefore, we can celebrate, right? Anyway, that's that's one person's opinion. Oh yes, and I could wax on about that for years and years. But anyway, the weather looks good. It um, highs will be in the 70s. So morning is is calm. In the afternoon, it's in the 70s. We don't. Uh, we don't have any of the inland temperatures, which are really nice. We're blessed here in Laguna Beach, as always. Laguna, lovely Laguna Beach. We love Laguna Beach. Um, Craig Rainbow Radio. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mike Johnson and Chris Tibbett. Lots of news um, that's happened this week. I don't know where to begin. Um, I Maybe I should just jump in and do uh, on this day in history for a change. <laughs> this week in history. Yes, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about um, the end of June, Pride Month wrapped up, it got over with, and um, we survived. Uh, we had a lot of prideful things go on, um, some good, good things and some scary things and lots of things going on. You know, I, I have to say, I, I feel like forever in my lifetime that uh, the LGBTQ disability is... Uh, oh it's much we're much more visible than we've ever been in the past, and there's a couple of reasons and that I feel in in my mind that there that that's happening um, that some are good and some are not so good but um it it is a phenomenon that's that's going on. I think we all have to 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 feel that that's part of what's part of our world yeah anyway uh we have some news on the lifeguard tower that we're Working so diligent on to get onto West Street Beach, I did have a conversation with uh, two people from the county, uh, one from the um, one that represents the beaches and the lifeguard department, one that represents in the county. I just had that conversation just yesterday. So the earth shattering news is that they're supportive. But however, they did point out that the county is uh, as a policy does not accept gifts, which we would like to gift them the tower. Um, but they are supportive of accepting it with, uh, from the city. So if the city provides it, because it's a city, the beaches are within the city limits, the city can provide whatever they want to, to the county to as part of the city property. So what the next phase is to go to the city, and I do have some names within the city, and uh, gift the, the tower to the city. Uh, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, Uh, We felt like Venice Beach and Long Beach that um, what uh, is going on is that they have both cities and a couple other cities along in California have rainbow towers, which the rainbow colors represent diversity and acceptance of diversity. And like uh, at the Orange County Fair, there's a diversity flag flies year round the rainbow flag. And uh, above City Hall for the month of June, the rainbow flag flies uh, in to celebrate diversity and the acceptance of diversity. So uh, as well as in San Francisco and, and many other cities, they do the same. And even in Long Beach, they paint crosswalks with the rainbow colors. And so uh, we wanted to do a crosswalk here in Laguna Beach, but because the main streets are part of Caltrans, comes under the, under the state, which is in the other communities, they are city streets that they paint, that they do the crosswalks. And so because our main streets are mm, part of Caltrans, it's a whole different, it's a horse of a different color, as they say in the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> it's a horse of a different color. So we can't do the different colors very easily. So we felt that it would be nice uh, as a community effort to designate a tower at uh, a lifeguard tower with rainbow colors at West Street Beach which is a well-known LGBTQ uh, supported beach and uh, this project's been underway for, for quite a while well maybe six weeks or so so we're back now to uh, get it going with the city and uh, so I've created a fundraiser on um, uh, online uh and I put some of the costs together, um, estimated costs. And the tower that, uh, well, I, I don't want, I won't bore you with too many details. Let's just say it's about twenty-two thousand dollars, all considered. That includes a professionally uh, uh, a professional memorial plaque that's dedicated to the LGBTQ community and one particular person who was very instrumental in promoting uh, West Street Beach as a Gay um, LGBTQ oriented beach with volleyball and activities on that beach when it first got its notoriety. And uh, so that there's a plaque and then the color, the professional paint job, which is uh, a resin paint that's designed to adhere very well and and, and endure the sun. And the beach uh, humidity and everything and last a long time, that's, that's an expense of about $800. And then the tower itself, which is made by a local manufacturer. It's the same tower, I think, that is on Main Beach. Uh, one of the towers that's on Main Beach, not the old one, <laughs> that's an Exxon. No, I think it was a Richfield Station Tower that's from years and years ago. The modern one that's on kind of on the north end of the beach, I think there. I think it's very similar to that. And it's a local manufacturer. I think he actually lives in Laguna Beach, but his uh, manufacturing facility is in Irvine. Uh, Anyway, that's the tower. And uh, it it costs $22,000. Plus, there's a few options you need to add to make it um, that each tower is a little bit customizable for how it's being used. So all that said and done comes up about $24,000. Um, and anyway, that's what we're working on. That's the news in, in that regard. So I haven't really approached the city. So I may be getting ahead of myself to even say this, but hopefully they'll be supportive and, uh, I'm that's the next step. I'll just keep you posted on it. And, um, as soon as I know, uh, what the next step is, I will uh, probably be a column in Stu News about how you how people may, if they're interested, want to donate and support it. Uh, there'll be some news in Stu News, so keep and on and Rainbow Radio here. So that's a project we're working on. The big news is that we've settled kind of the dates and times on Pride 2022, the Summer of Pride for Laguna Beach Pride. That is uh, starts the week of the end of this month. It's coming right up with an event at the Royal Hawaiian, uh, which is, um, it's on Sunday. The first, the first one is the (laughs) drag bingo with the ever wonderful Endora on, uh, the 31st of this month, which is a Sunday and it starts at noon to three o'clock. Uh, this time it's a lunch drag lunch bingo. so it's because uh, there's no eggs involved it's because uh, it starts at noon so we miss breakfast. So that starts at the on the 31st and it goes for three hours. You do it, we do recommend reservations because it always does sell out. It has for the last I don't know how many years we've done it. It's always very popular. So that's on uh, the 31st, which is a kickoff of our pride week. And that lasts, uh, which lasts through uh, August 7th. And there's some events, I believe, at the Sawdust Festival through the week with family events. And then the fifth is uh, Xanadu at (laughs) Laguna Playhouse. And that is when you put on your your disco clothes and your rollerblades and uh, roller skates, I I suppose. And that starts at six o'clock uh, with a um, some food and some beverages at the theater in a uh, room near the the entrance. It's called the brick room, but that starts for an hour and a half of uh, a little party, and then the play starts at seven thirty and and goes till uh, an hour and a half till nine. So the whole affair lasts about three hours. That's the welcome party. We encourage co- uh, costumes in keeping with Xanadu. And if you're not familiar with Xanadu, it's a stage play. And Olivia Newton-John was famous in it and with roller skates. So you can imagine it's a 70s kind of deal. And uh, if you've got your polyester is king <laughs> shirts, it is a polyester night. You know, look at Saturday Night Live. You can probably get a couple uh, uh, fashion cues from the movie and John Travolta. Um, anyway, that's a bit of a throwback for you youngsters, but you know, uh, polyester, if you look at Wikipedia, it's in there, it'll explain what polyester is all about. It was quite the rage, <laughs> uh, then, so that's, uh, that's Friday, Saturday, there's some hiking, a couple different hiking opportunities. It'll be all be posted on the website, uh, different locations, um, different organizations, so there's hiking, 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 and then the big day is at, uh, uh, at from 2, you know, from 4 to 10 uh, at um, Neighborhood uh, Community Church in the parking lot. It's a big parking space. Uh, we're going to have vendors, food trucks, family space, uh, lots of uh, live entertainment, and that goes on till 10 o'clock. Um, that's a whole afternoon, some great entertainers that we are negotiating with still at this point. And we'll know more details on those. Uh, again, at the website, Lagunabeachpride.org. And uh, that uh, is quite a big deal. And then Sunday, it is out at the fair, which Orange County Fair has a full day of um, being out at the fair. And it's at the hangar at the fair. And that is another big deal. So that's a whole week of, of things going on, which is all about uh, Laguna Beach Pride. And it's all on the website. And if you want to go there and, and be alerted, if you're not already on the mailing list, you can you can drop your uh, email in their contacts page and you will get alerted to, to all the events as they come along. And you can always listen to Rainbow Radio every week and and, and be informed on what's happening in the uh, Laguna Pride. Why is Laguna Pride not happening in the month? Well, there were so many things going on and so many great events. Uh, it's kind of like uh, overload. And we thought, well, let's let's share our fun at a time when we're not in direct competition with the likes of San Francisco, LA, Long Beach, San Diego, and all the other Pride events that are going on. So we get the attention, we feel we, uh, Well, I will not want to say deserve, but I guess we do uh, get, we're in a less compressed uh, situation and and, uh, we can, um, you know, provide entertainment to those communities where they can come to us, you know, what's wrong with that? Uh, Nothing. So we're August, uh, the first month, the first week in August and the last few days of this month. So it's coming right up. And there'll be more news in the in all social media uh, that's out there, and we'll keep you appraised of all of that. So that's enough. Uh, for now, we're going to take a short music break, and I'll be back on, on this week in history, and there is some interesting news uh, this week. and I, I did go through uh, international and local news. Um, and as usual, I have some more opinions. <laughs> so, We'll we'll get on with that in just a second. Anyway, here, uh, be right back. It's an old Bruce Springsteen song, old, 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 but it's a remake, uh, and I, I like—I kind of like those remakes. There's a, uh, there's some really good ones. Um, it's a new, new, a new spin on on old music, uh, and there, there you go. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I got hooked into a mini series. I have to say, and it's it, it's—I uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, it's called uh, Under. Under the banner of heaven, and it's um, it's a based on a true incident that happened. Uh, a family, a Mormon family in uh, Payson, Arizona. If you're listening, Joe, uh, who my friend who lives in Payson, uh, they they uh, this family from Payson had um, well they committed a murder and they killed one of their their family members. It was two brothers that did it. It's a horrible incident but anyway i got hooked into it and i couldn't stop watching it i think there's there's seven uh episodes in the mini series and it's um it's a lot to watch and it <laughs> it's um it goes it goes into um, a lot of history of native americans go figure and the relationship between the mormon church as it developed uh the horrific things that happened to the church, as it uh, grew in its early years, um, how it was um, legal to kill Mormons. There was a bounty. I don't think there was a bounty on them, but it was um, it was a horrific time. But also some horrific things within the church. Uh, it was not well received by the present day Mormon Church at all, uh, and it it explains, uh, I think. I suppose with prejudice, I don't know. Uh, but it, it really delves into a lot of it. You have to you have to follow it pretty closely. But I found it fascinating. It uh, talks about um about how I guess how people can get so absorbed into a, I don't want to say cult, but into a I don't know what else you could you could characterize it with. It could become so self absorbed i think within themselves that they believe um <laughs> they believe less than truthful things they believe uh uh that, i don't know that they're um they become delusional let's say they become so self absorbed that they become delusional and anyway it it explains it's kind of like a truman capote movie where You understand what happens doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, but you understand it. And uh, so therefore I found it fascinating. And um, they, of course, they take a lot of liberties in the movie, making the movie. And uh, it it is based on some uh, facts and some things that did happen, but certainly they took a lot of liberties in explaining the story, but they also expose a lot of uh, what history that happened between uh, with the growth of the church and how it has become today what it is today. Um, and they explained, I, I think one of the best parts, they had a Native American um, actor in it, and um, they did explain what happened historically with the Native Americans. So it's worth watching, I, I feel. And then I went and watched uh, some news, actual live news coverage of it on YouTube where um the news media in Salt Lake explained about it, talked about it. And of course they gave it a a very negative spin being from Salt Lake and being uh, close to the world headquarters of the Mormon church. And I found that interesting as well. Uh, Anyway, I thought I'd toss that out there. If anyone's really bored and has, you know, five or six hours they want to spend watching TV and binging on something that, uh, might be close to them if they've gone on mission and they, and they want to see what some other, um, uh, you know, want to look at more closely at their church. Uh, that's certainly one place they can go. Uh, so it's under the banner of heaven is, is it, it's called, uh, Andrew Garfield is the lead, uh, actor in it. And he is plays an investigator who is, um, a, a, a Mormon, and um, is also an investigator, which is true. It's, that's part of it. It's true in the movie. Anyway, I, I digress. Let's go on to, the, on this day, this day in history, this week, this day, let's see if there's something interesting, maybe some very positive things. see what happened on the 4th of July on this day in history, beside that biggie that we all know about. In 1969, oh, that's a good, that keeps popping up a lot. But I digress. <laughs> Just a few days after the riots in Stonewall Inn, in New York City, 500 uh, marchers confronted police in the first gay pride demonstration, a march down Christopher Street. How about that? So it started in 69. In 1970, the first biennial convention of the Lutheran Church in America expressed its opposition to decriminal, discrimination and oppression of gay men and lesbians. So the Lutheran Church said that they felt that it was, um, they they had, they expressed opposition against discrimination. So good on the Lutheran Church. That's in 1970, those Lutherans. In 1997, District Judge Eugene Nickerson in Abel the United States of America, a challenge to don't ask, don't tell rules that the law is in its entirety violates the First and Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. How about that? 97. Boy, we got all over the place on that one. That is July 2nd. Moving along to July 3rd, getting awfully close to July 4th. In 1975, the U.S. Court uh, civil Service Commission decides to consider applications by lesbians and gay men on case-by-case basis. Mm, civil service previously homosexual was grounds for automatic disqualification, so you couldn't you couldn't be a civil servant if uh, mm, you never know. Mm-hmm. In 1978, actor James Daly, father of actors Tyne Daly and Timothy Daly, dies at the age of 59. His live-in lover, male model Randall G. Jones, files for palimony, and the suit against the estate after being evicted from Daly's Marina Del Rey condominium by the family. We'll never know. I guess we don't know what happens <laughs> in 19. The fact that it happened is pretty profound. In 1988, a rare cancer seemed in seen in 41 homosexuals. It's the first story in the New York Times about the mysterious disease that will later be named AIDS. The CDC initially refers to the disease as GRID, Gay-Related Immune Deficiency Disorder. That was the awful beginning in 1981. Moving along to the 4th of July. Yes. Back to to 1855. (laughs) Walt Whitman publishes the first edition of his Leaves of Grass. In 1965, at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, picketers begin staging the first Remember Day to call public attention to the lack of civil rights for LGBT people. The gathering continues annually for five years. So it went on to 1970. In 1969, Daughters of Billets and Medicine Society members pick at Independence Hall in Philadelphia for the fifth and final time. In 1970, the General Assembly of the Unitarian Universalist Association becomes the first mainstream religious group in the U.S. to recognize publicly the existence of gay, lesbian, and bisexual clergy and among its members, and to demand an end to all discrimination against homosexuals. Well, so sometimes religion is is okay, I guess. <laughs> um, but I digress. In 1973, in Seattle, the lesbian separatist group, later the Gorgons, no issues the Amazon analysis a manifesto and handbook of lesbian separatism. The paper near <laughs> the paper's nearly 100 mimeographed pages are passed among lesbians across the country. Remember those mimeographs? <laughs> I do. I remember running the mimeograph machine in high school. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> For you kids, that's an old uh, copy machine. Mm-hmm. Moving along to July 5th on this day in history. In 1889, Jean Cockatoo, French painter, poet, actor, and director, playwright, and partner of Jean Morales, is born. Two of his best-known films are in 1946's La Belle et la Bête, Beauty and the Beast. How about that? I did not know that Beauty and the Beast was written by a... No. <laughs> Imagine that in the theater. Moving along to July 6th on this day in history. In 1973, infuriated and disgusted by all those young punks who have been beating up gay men in San Francisco, a gay Pentecostal evangelist and Reverend Ray Bouchard founded the so-called Lavender Panthers. How about that? <laughs> a group of street vigilantes, who patrolled the city's gay meeting areas to ward off potential attacks from fag bashers. Yay! Yes! Shortly after their founding, the Panthers also began holding classes in self-defense against gay men, or (laughs) skills for gay men. How about that? I remember hearing about the Lavender Panthers. What a way. Good. Good for them. 1981, a federal judge rules that Houston ordinance prohibiting men from cross-dressing is unconstitutional. Well, I should hope so. But, you know, it's interesting it was Houston. It's amazing that it got on the books. Could you imagine? I propose amendment that men should never wear dresses. That it's just unbecoming of men. All those in favor. Yeah. hmm Moving that's in Texas, Houston. (sighs) Moving along, (laughs) 1989, New York court rules that the purpose of defining rent controlled regulations, a gay couple may be considered a family. mm -hmm. And that William Rubenstein may remain in the Manhattan apartment he and his late lover shared for 10 years. How about that? In 1990, Bay Area television reporter Paul Wynn dies of AIDS in San Francisco at the age of 47. Wynn had chron- chronicled the development of his disease and his feelings as he neared the death, his death in a weekly video diary that aired for nearly seven months on KGO, the local ABC affiliate. This is the face of AIDS, he told viewers. In a close-up of his gaunt face during the Diaries premiere on January eleventh, nineteen ninety, that was um, ooh gut wrenching, but uh, so glad he did that. In two thousand nine, the District of Columbia recognizes same-sex marriages performed in other jurisdictions. Moving along to July. Seven, we have Martina Navratilova. How about that? And Billie Jean King win the women's doubles championship in Wimbledon. And why do we bring them up? Well, <laughs> they are LGBTQ icons. In 1986, the United States Supreme Court denies Sotiria Rorari in the case of Baker versus Wade, thereby refusing to review a constitutional challenge to the sodomy law of Texas. It should have been challenged. 86. In 1987, Arizona gay activist Ed Buck begins to recall a recall effort to have Arizona Governor Evan Meekham known. That's what's Meekum known. Or his fiercely anti-gay rhetoric ousted from office. Though Meekum publicly attacks the campaign as the works of the homosexual lobby, it turns out to have huge support among Arizona's voters. So they prevailed. <laughs> that, that is the anti. They got him out of there. In 1980, oh, moving on to July 8th, and on this day in history, um... In 1980, the Democratic Rules Committee states that it will not discriminate against homosexuals. Yay! And their national convention on August 11th through the 14th, the Democrats became the first political party to endorse a homosexual rights platform. That's 1980, folks. This is 2022, so that would be 42 years ago. The Democrats thought it was um, good that um, they should not discriminate. I think the Republicans have yet to say that. Hmm. That's interesting. Even though there are log cabin Republicans. uh, Yeah. The Republicans uh, feel that, um, well, that was an article that's uh, in the news right now. That gays are abnormal and don't deserve the same protection. That's their platform. Where is that? I'm going to read that. I found that in the news this morning when I read. Uh, yeah. Boy, I'm going to connect that back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll find that. that. That's quite a connection. So 42 years ago, the Democrats thought that gays shouldn't be discriminated. And today, the Republicans are still chewing on that. Uh, 2010, United States District Court Judge Joseph L. Tur- Turo rules in two separate cases that Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act is unconstitutional. Hmm. It's such a nice title, Defense of Marriage. In uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts versus the United States Department of Health and Human Services, Turo says that the definition of marriage enacted by Congress for federal purposes violates the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution and encroaches upon the family-entrenched province of the state by treating some couples with Massachusetts marriage license different than, differently than others. In Gill v. Office of Personal Management brought by gay and lesbian advocates and defenders, he says the law violates equal protection of the law guaranteed by due process clause of the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. And there you have it on this day in history, this week in history on KXFM 104.7 here in Laguna Beach, California on a beautiful day on the Fourth of July weekend. We're going to take a music break again. Yes, again. (laughs) I'll be right back with more on uh, the world news uh, and here in uh, lovely Laguna Beach. This is a song called Chosen Family with Elton John. More on that.
0: Tell me your story. Tell you mine. I'm all ears. Take your time. We've got all night. Show me the rivers crossed, the mountains scaled. Show me who made you walk. Turn the page Sir
1: I particularly like that song because, um, as I last, if you tuned in last week, I talked about, um, people, gay people and their families and, uh, too often, uh, gay people, um, they don't have that, uh, family because, um, they're not so welcome in their own family. Now, that's, I'm not saying that happens always. i have I'm, I meet a lot of people that their families are very, very, very supportive. Yes, but there's, but there is a a good percentage that that's not the case. And it's because they're gay and they're not accepted. And that happens frequently, too frequently. And unfortunately, so they, without that family, they seek a family, a pseudo family that where they, and often it's their friends that become their family and um, they're, holiday dinners and their holiday get togethers are not with their, with their, um, biological family, but their, their family of friends. And so I, that song rings really, really true. And you, you find that often. And, um, that went back to the answer to the question about gay bars. Often the gay bars are those gathering places. They become the homes and they become, uh, the family, uh, of sorts, um, neighborhood bars, LGBTQ bars. Anyway, that's the story behind that song, and that's why I kind of like it. But to the point I was talking about, and I'm going to read this again. On this day in history, in 1980, the Democratic Rules Committee states that it will not discriminate against homosexuals. This is 1980, again, 42 years ago. Uh... At their national convention on August 11th through the 14th, the Democrats became the first political party to endorse homosexual rights platform. So that's part of their platform 42 years ago. Okay. And I just read this. I'm I'm putting this together myself. Um, On the 22nd of June, because this is July, so 22nd of last month, um, in The Guardian, there's an article that was written. It says, this morning I woke up earlier than I wanted to. I fed the baby, walked the dog, I chatted with my wife. Now, this is a female writing the article. And I procrastinated over some work. Yawningly mundane work, right, wrong. According to the Texas Republican Party, my same-sex marriage is an is, and in quotations, abnormal lifestyle choice. There's a couple of things wrong right there. It's not abnormal, and two, it's not a lifestyle choice, but whatever. uh, That's my ad ad comment this, What's more, abnormal, people like me should not have any special legal entitlements, that's what they're saying, related to being LGBTQ+. That position is spelled out in Section 143 of a far-right platform officially adopted by the Texas Republican Party's recent convention in Houston. So 42 years later, they're going on about about that. So this is, uh, the author is Arwa Mahadawa, Dawi, Mahavadawi. Um, and I'm going to go on with it a little bit more here, what she has to say, because I think it's, it's not all that long. Um, delegates didn't stop there. The new platform oozes hatred and is riddled with conspiracy theories is vehemently anti-transgender, asserts that Joe Biden is not legitimately elected and demands that the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which banned racial discrimination in elections, be repealed and not reauthorized. The mask hasn't slipped, but it has been ripped off. This is her commentary. It's not mine or the station's. While this platform doesn't carry any legal weight, it is the signpost that direction, that the direction which the Republican party is going. The platform is largely symbolic, but it has a measure of ideological drift. A political scientist told the Texas Tribune, it is the latest evidence that the lunatic far right fringe in the US is getting a lot more loony and a lot less fringe. It is very frightening. I mean, I agree. I mean, if this is the Republican, I, I could say doctrine, it's their, it's the main, it's their main voice, it's not their side voice, it's their main voice, so I don't know. It is not the hatred on the far right that frightens me, she goes on, What really scares me that it's happening at the center, there you go, you yeah. know. While the far right is busy pushing plans to roll back civil rights, centralists and liberals can't stop fretting about whether kids these days are too woke and, and agonizing about cancel culture, while Republicans are signaling all the way which they want to dismantle democracy. Democrats are obsessing about civility and fetishing, bipartisanship and compromise. Our rights are not being stolen from us. They're going to be politely compromised away. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I wish that weren't the case. I wish, I wish, I wish. <clears throat> so, um, let's hear some positive news. Okay, let's see. I have some plus, I put some plus Mexico. <laughs> a mass same-sex wedding in Mexico. Get this. (laughs) Uh, Even even after five years of living together in the Pacific resort of Acapulco, something as simple as holding hands or sharing a kiss in public is is unthinkable. Uh, For Dereny Markello and Mayalis Valabolas, There's even present fear of being rejected and attacked in Guillermo, the state where same-sex relations, they're not widely accepted, but that's not the good news. Um,
0: Come on, where's the good news? (laughs) Okay.
1: Mexico City organized... Uh, Count Me In, which was, uh, they had a wedding, Mexico City, brought over a hundred people together, and the city performed a wedding for the same-sex, a mass same-sex wedding in Mexico City for over a hundred people. Let's go on. Okay. Proud Boys showed up to Pride Month in a library event, but were met with a human shield of LGBTQ supporters. Now, this is a good one. Catherine Vargas wasn't sure whether she should take her kids to Pride Month family story time on a Saturday at a public library in McKinney, Texas, a suburb of North Dallas. A straight mom with three young boys, and she lives in a nearby Plano, wants to raise her children with an open mind and accepting mind. But having seen similar pride events where tar- were targets of confrontation around the country, she had become, she had reser- some reservations. I think it's so nice that here's a straight mother with three young boys and she wants them to have an open mind and she wants to support the gay community. Uh, it brings tears to my eyes. There was already a chatter uh, protest uh, a protester showing up the event, and with her firef- hi- firefighter husband at work, it would be just her with the kids. Still, she felt compelled. We decided that something is, uh, sometimes being an ally is just showing up. Bless her heart. And we decided we would just show up and that it was important. Um, but when she arrived at the Roy and Helen Hall Library. She was greeted by an unexpected sight. A huge group of counter-protesters had completely outnumbered the right-wing demonstrators. How about that? (laughs) Um, Wearing pride rainbows and carrying signs to support the library and the LGBTQ community, these counter-protesters were on a mission to drown out the hate and make those attending feel welcome. How about that? The word went out on the internet and people showed up. There's some photographs and all the mothers and the kids were there. Uh, and the less than welcome proud boys with their hateful signs were were outnumbered. Now that's that is a good warm hearted story. And that's what we need more of. And I digress. So that's a good 4th of July message. Bless, uh, bless those that support the love, and bless those that support support diversity, and all those good things. Um, Yeah, I have some other not so nice news that I'm not going to read it. (laughs) So uh, the message for the Fourth of July is democracy is still alive as as we know it, and hopefully it'll be alive for another 200 years as we move forward. I think the most heartening thing this week was um, that there's still a core group of people that believe in the Constitution. While they set aside their political beliefs, they set aside their ideological beliefs, um, their ideologies, they still believe in the Constitution. And uh, that keeps the democracy alive that keeps the power to the people. And that's what's important. It's not uh, a person, it's not an ideology, it is a constitution. Um, And when we talk about the justices, I like to think that the justices still are people we put in there to be the messenger. And it's their interpretation of the law um, the laws that we put out there. I do feel that their interpretation is, um, in this case, I do feel their interpretation is all over the place. If you read the dissenting interpretations of the Roe versus Wade, I, I believe they're very valid, especially especially the dissenting, read the dissenting interpretations. They make, they're, they're brilliant, but there's only one or two Maybe there's only one dissenting, but uh, you should you should read the dissenting interpretation. It's to me it makes more sense than the prevailing interpretations. However, they are still the messengers. So, as you remedy that, you it is the laws that need to be changed. The 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 uh, amendments that our our founding fathers said uh, can be um, can be written. So uh, that comes back to voting people in that believe in the Constitution and believe in writing amendments. And our forefathers believed that as attitudes changed and times changed, amendments would, will need to be part of our Constitution. And so we need to perhaps write amendments that are more in keeping with the times that our justices can interpret fairly. And that's why they're there, to interpret fairly the laws that our lawmakers write and that our lawmakers represent the people. It's pretty simple. Of course, I like to think that. Anyway, that's it for Craig on uh, Rainbow Radio on this beautiful Fourth of July weekend. I'm going to go out and have a hamburger more than a tuna sandwich. <laughs> and I love everyone for tuning in. It's been a great uh, Summer so far, we got a lot lined up for the rest of the summer of Pride, and uh, I hope to see everyone uh, in the coming month and the first of August when we have all our fun things going on. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to end it with a what a song do I have? Oh yeah, you'll you'll enjoy this. And uh, Ida Mae is not here today, but she has there's a whole program program so. I'll see you next week here on Rainbow Radio KXFM 104.7. Thanks for tuning in.